actually all my work and how I came up, it's when I try to listen, like think it's all God put me in the right spot. Mm. If I had been teaching, say like ninth grade, 10th grade, probably I'll not be doing something like a hand motion mm. or a you know, yeah. everything he was actually Jesus was equipping me from before and brought from the darkness yeah. and he was equipping side by side and put me in the right spot. You know, while I was teaching as a teacher, the principal after a couple of years, he pulled me down from the teaching staff and put me in a clerical work in office. I had a big question mark. Am I not teaching well? Am I not doing well? Am I not loving the kids? Why I should be in the administrative work? No idea. Hmm. But now I'm realizing that God was using me putting in a spot because I need to learn for this day. Hmm. Now, I was teaching in a lower grade, so more hand motions, so I'm using more hand motions, salutations. That's great. I'm creating a lot of head motions. Now, I have 156 master trainers who have seen not less than 500 churches. These people, I need to do administrative work now, strategy. Yeah. You know, all those things. And then I was dealing, I was trained on accounting and I was, I wanted to go to Bible college so many times. 10 churches I asked sponsor, nobody gave. Hmm. But I ended up in commerce. So now I'm realizing why I ended up in commerce, because I'm dealing with funds. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I desired something, but God put me in a different spot. Hmm. I never realized the outcome. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm now I'm so grateful that I've been to Commerce College. I'm so grateful that I was given the privilege to teach class one. I'm so privileged that I got a work in a administrative office. You Great. see, yeah. earlier nothing, none of those was satisfied my heart. Mm -hmm. But I just took it because my circumstances was like that. Mm -hmm. I came like. You know, yeah. but now I'm so grateful that I I strongly feel I came to save people. Mm. That's that I can have the feeling. I I did not come with my choice, but God sent me to this world. Mm. That's that's kind of feeling I can feel. You know, that's awesome. That's cool. Well, hey, Jeff jumped on. That was cool to hear some of that story. Jeff, you can can you hear us good? Yeah, um, I'm in uh, Booger Holler, sweating, but um, good good to see you guys. So, um, such a interesting time um, we're living in, and uh, man, God's using you in an amazing way now, as He was in what 2006, 2007, and before. I, I just just you know, came to know you then. But what I thought would be real helpful is, man, just share your story. There's some people who know your story, but man, take a few minutes and just share your story of what, you know, um, 
you know, God put a vision on your heart uh, long before anybody ever met you and talked about church planning movements. God put a vision on your heart, you know. So I think one, it'd be really good to hear your story. Um, secondly, um, I think as you tell your story, that's going to be really helpful for folks um, with the words, works, wineskins. But then, um, what do you? You know, I, I think I caught the tail end of this. You said you have 154 master trainers. I'm not so sure I got the number exactly right, but I, I know you got a lot of master trainers. The advantage or the exciting thing to me about talking to you, Kumar, um, my brother, is um, you've been doing this a long time. You know, there's not many people who've been doing it this long. There's a few. Um, so we're not talking about three years, four years. We're, we're talking what, 16 plus years just from the movement side and, and let alone when you met Jesus and Christ changed your life and the power of the gospel, you know? So, um, so how do you select, um, these L4, L5 movement type leaders and then sort of what the minimum needs to be there, you know, that you go wow, I really want to invest in this guy. I want to invest in BJ. I want to invest in this brother. Um, or um, you go, man, how do I go from, you know, the minimum, uh, you know, with brother Dodo and, and develop him to a full-blown movement leader? Um, so it's sort of, um, it's, it's almost four questions. <laughs> tell us your story. Um, tell us about, man, what do you see in these, on the minimum side, you know, at the very beginning, what do you see in these movement leaders? What is it God's put in your heart you see? How do you select to them and commit to them? And then what have you done in the past to develop them? Because you, you have a long, long track record, which um, to me is very exciting, you know, when we talk about this. This is a, a long history of doing this. So, Again, brother, thank you for doing this. And I, I still probably want to revisit some of the coronavirus thing, but um, I'd love to hear your vision on that. But um, let's just start there. Thank you for uh, selecting me to be part of this podcast. I'm extremely happy. And I would like to tell the story how God led me. From the very beginning, um, I was... I was thinking, why am I in school or why I am in administrative office? So many things, like I had a big question mark, why I'm in the spot. But now I realize that every spot that I took the job without any satisfactions. But today I'm realizing it was God who put me on the right spot so that that day will come where I need to do all this work. Today, I'm doing administrative work. Today, I'm teaching the work. And teaching also, they put me in class one grade, whereas my qualification is BCom. But I was thinking, why? I'm so qualified, but why I am in one grade? But now I'm realizing that one grade was better for me because these days, I'm doing a lot of hand motions. Children like hand motions. So I started giving hand motions a lot. And God gave me creative way to to create the hand motions for the need of the people to multiply or to, to share whatever they have been teaching it. So coming back in 1995, I was like, I, I wanted to go to Bible college, but uh, I don't know the reason at that time, but now I know the reason. 
But at that time, nobody showed me a Bible college. So I had to uh, weep by myself saying, how will I share? How will I share the gospel? So there was an evangelical conference <clears throat> where uh, some foreigners came and they were teaching from US side. And I didn't have money at that time. So I went on the last day, last session to go and watch from the back door. You know? So there was a seat and I was sitting on the last bench and the speaker made an altar call. Uh, he was sharing about unreached areas. At that time, there was only unreached areas. He was showing Himalayan regions, Nepal, Bhutan, West Bengal. So I had a heart to go in front in that altar call, but I realized that I don't know anything about Bible at that time. So thought, let me, let me meet the speaker. So after the end of the conference, I went and met the speaker and speaker taught me, um, he was, he was pleased to see that I want to share, but I don't know. So he shared uh, first BC, MC, AC, the how to share my testimony. It means before Christ, life after Christ, and how you met Christ. And then he gave me four verses, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans 5.8, and Romans 10.9. So I took that one in 1995. Uh, I said, here's my testimony. Here's my God story. So <clears throat> I want to use me, Lord Jesus, use me. I want to be used by you. So I was sharing it, but my heart was always ringing in my ears. The spirit was saying that unreached areas, unreached areas, Himalayan, Himalayan. <clears throat> so uh, I one day I sat, sat down on my table and I started praying. I wanted to go, but I don't have that much of money. I work in homes. Uh, I carry food for the pigs and somehow I'm managing my uh, college. So how will I go so far distance? So I need a job. So I asked for a job and after a week, I got in one of the best school a job. And then I got a month of salary and I took that salary, you know, and I said, well, this job was given by you. So I'll keep 50% for your mission and 50% I'll keep it to myself. So I used that in 95 and for after six months, we get a holiday of one month. It's, it's called a summer vacation. It's really hot. So I, I took that six months saving of mission money from the salary that I got and went straight to West Bengal. And still the churches exist now because I went uh, there, stayed for a month and uh, share the gospel. I get about four to five people accept Christ and I ask, can you spare a piece of land like 10 by 15 feet? And then they give because land is not a problem in those areas. So I get and in one day we make a building, a small house uh, with a bamboo roof and tin sheet. And then the next day we worship and they say, who will take care of us again? So we keep our friends or some pastor to pastor there and give it to some organizations to take care. So that's how I was doing it. But in 95, when I was praying, I said, I came from Temple Builders, but now I'm for, for you. So I'm sharing it. I'll plant 100 churches by 2020. That was because the speaker also said, you need to target some goals. So. I got the idea during the conference that I will target 
100 churches by 2020. That was in 1995. So I was doing this and I went on doing this up to 2006. And in 2007, January, uh, always I pick up January to see where I should go and how I should be praying and where to look. So I used to make some math in January, my first month of every year. So when I was making it, I realized till 20, uh, 2006, we planted only 11 church. Then I again, it ring in my ear like, well then uh, 89 church left to plant by 2020 and we have got only 13 years left. So what shall I do? So I think I made a big mistake in making that commitment. Uh, so it's, it's like, I feel like I've seen making a wrong commitment. So I had to kneel down and pray and ask for Jesus to send some resources or some ideas or plan. Uh, so I was thinking on that line and I was praying six months. After six months, uh, I met uh, one IMB guy. Uh, he's my mentor still. So he was on the town and he was training. Of, uh, it's called Four Fields. And he was training on Mark Four. So uh, they invited me on the first day. I didn't go. Second day also they invited me. Didn't go. Uh, so second day night, <clears throat> my wife, first cousin, she's a she's a classmate of that IAB guy. So um, she called me and said, "Hey, this training is so good. I think you should come and attend." But you won't come, I know you are so committed with the students. So how about one hour um, lunch with my friend? And then I said, what's the time? Then he said, no, 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 we, we wanted to have lunch according to your time. When are you free? Then I said, by 12.30, my, my sports sessions will be over so I can come by one. So they fixed one o'clock and I took the tuk-tuk and I went straight. And when I went to the conference hall, I saw him drawing four fields, you know, and he said, Mark 4, 26 to 29. And I have this, like, whenever a speaker says some scripture, I never take it that scripture is being read by the speaker like that. I used to think that God is speaking to me. So I have that in my mind uh, all the time that whenever the scripture is read, it, that is for me. So when he was reading Mark 4, 26 to 29, I was very serious. Then he explained very clearly about the kingdom of God. And then it is like this, a farmer who went out to show the seed. You know? So I live in an area where the Assam is one of the largest uh, rice producing in India. So I live in that area. So. I know what farming is. And then I know like how people sow the seed, how they gather, how they nurture, everything I know. So when he was saying this, how do we enter? And he took the Luke 10 and then he was saying to pray. And everybody started praying for five people, you know. And I was saying, wow, I pray for entire community for six months and they are praying for five people for two minutes. And they want to share. Like that, I had a question mark. And then he said, uh, after we pray, we need to go and share. So 
to share, there is two parts. One, my testimony and God's story. Uh, my testimony should be three parts. How you uh, life before Christ, how you met Christ, and life after Christ. Then I was thinking, I'm doing the same. It's nothing new. And then he said, we need to use Romans Road. Four scriptures he used. Romans 3, 23, Romans 6, 23, Romans 5, 8, and Romans 10, 9. I was thinking, I'm a professional in this. I'm learning. I'm doing this for 11 years. My story and God's story. And here, pastors and some, some even theologian, theological gra graduate students are learning now only. So I was like a little bit pride in my heart. And then I was thinking, I'm doing correct. I'm doing right what the Bible says. But then when he came on the third, he said, when they accept Christ, what we need to do? We need to spend time with them and teaching them all the commandments. So they use the seven commands. And I got shocked at the time. Well, I'm not doing this. But the scripture says this. But I'm not doing this. And then he said, that's how we get church formation. Oh, then I said, I'm doing all shortcut. That's the reason I'm not being able to fulfill the commitment. But when you do the church formation, what do you do? Do you eat all? He said, no. We keep some for the next seasons. So where are the laborers come from? From the harvest. Then I realized, well, if the laborers are all these days, I was thinking, it's me who is the laborer, but whereas I'm supposed to find a laborers from the harvest. So, and it is already there, but I was not doing it right. That's why I'm not seeing laborers. So it touched my heart. And I said, in this case, if we train the churches, then we will get more, more churches because they will do the same thing over and over. So that way, 100 churches can be planted by 2020, I made a decision. Then he said, is there anyone to give a testimony in these three days who have learned? I was the first one to go on the stage, you know, to share. Everybody was thinking, ah, we didn't see this fellow told art for three days, but whereas we are seeing for the first time. But then I shared uh, first field, second field very thoroughly, even though I was not there because I was doing it. Then I said it was third and fourth is the one which God spoke to me, these two fields. Then Nathan pulled me, he asked me to spend more time. So I took leave from the school. I went to him and studied about CPM and came back. And I said, I'll not go to, uh, you know, Himalayan now. Let me first start in my own place. Because I'm, I'm like a guy, like I, even if I cook something, I taste first. If I like it, then I serve people. So I said, let me try myself first. How does it work? And then I will teach others. I'll go outside. Then I shared this story, nearly 50 homes for the first, first week, you know, seven days, six days, sorry. Uh, nobody accepted Christ, you know. <laughs> so I was like, this thing will not work or what? Like, so I had to kneel down again. I said, Lord Jesus, if this scripture is real, if Mark 4 is real, that's what you have said from your mouth about this kingdom. Give me some people who accept Christ and so that I can disciple them and form a church. 
I asked the whole day, that was a Sunday and I, I asked, please show me. And Monday, the next day, I saw one person coming to the Lord. I was a I was little bit overwhelmed that I got it and I thanked the Lord. And, but I continued again doing next day because um, I know that to form a church, we need more numbers. So I went again, knocked nearly 380 ohms. I knocked in my surrounding area and I got 14 people. It took one month to knock the doors. One whole month I was knocking. I got 14 people and they were all living in a far away and I thought of, I realized that it will take more time to visit 14 houses every day. So I brought it home in my home. I, I had a two, two vehicle, all vehicles. So I removed that one and I put them in a garage and we had a fellowship. That was an awesome time. And then I said, hey, this is a church. And we are meeting here. I explained to them, and this is what we are going to do. Can you can you share this gospel, and then uh, you can bring your neighbors to your home? Is it possible? They said, "Yes, it's possible." So, how about I'll train you from tomorrow? Will you be able to come? All fourteen of them said, "Yes, we will come." So we decided two hours every day to learn. After their work, their work finished at five. So we'll start by 5.30 to 7.30, we decided. And then the mission money, now we are converting into feeding, you know, because these people, they need uh, dinner. So we prepared a refreshment, my wife and I, and then we waited for the 14 people to come over. So when they were, I was waiting for 14 people to come. You know, only five of them turned up. I was saying, wow, what a waste of food now. Only five came, you know, but then I just said, ah, whatever the Lord gives, we'll train. And we trained five. So they learned and they went. And the next day, out of five, only three came. <laughs> and two new people came. So I was like, huh, I need to teach new lessons. But two new people came and three all came. How do I going to teach? It's only one hour. So I said, okay. Out of three, all people, I said, two of you, you teach the new two people one-on-one about the all lesson. And one of you, you join me. And I taught him the, the older guy new lessons. After we complete, I said, the new guy, why don't you teach the new lesson to all four of them? And he thought. So it was like, you know, the spirit, the spirit was with me and he was actually mentoring right on the spot what to do next. So we trained and somehow we trained all 14. In, it took us one month again. The whole August, it took uh, time to train. You know, sometimes one comes, sometimes three comes, sometimes five comes. Sometimes they don't come. New five people come. So it was a great challenge. But I didn't give up. I didn't give up. I, I, I tell God. Lord, I need to train. You gave 14 people, I need to train 14 people. So I trained. And in December, I just wanted to give Thanksgiving in 31st December, whatever the Lord has given. This I used to do from long time back. So I called them all 14 people and we counted and we saw 100 churches. So I was like, you know, super 
overwhelmed by knowing this. And I'm thinking, where should I go next and start these churches again? And so that we'll have 100 more like that. But then God spoke something in my ear saying that, no, you need to train 100 churches to plan churches. So I was like confused. How will I do it? My money, my saving is not enough to train. So I discussed with my wife and the first car van is very old. So we sold it. Uh, we said we don't need two cars. So we sold it. And moreover, that van will stop anywhere, anytime. <laughs> that was the condition. It was already 14 years old. So we sold it and we got 1,000 US dollars. And we used that money. But for training all the three churches. And we asked, how many churches do you think in these new churches can plan in one year? So they said, at least three. So we give the casting a vision, plan three churches, plan three churches. So we were expecting 300, but in 2008, in 2008, uh, during a September, we were doing mass. Some of them they started 13 church and they were started saying 13 generation, but actually it was addition. We, we met uh, Jeff uh, during that time in 2008, September in Shiloh. And then he was drawing about the generation one. And I thought, wow, I'm doing mistake. It is, uh, addition is like a wheel, but you know, the chain has to be generation wise. So, Actual generation, I came to know the knowledge on 2008. So as soon as I came back, I fixed it. I fi as soon as I fixed it, and then we saw 432 churches in 2008. That was beyond what we have imagined, you know, what we have set the goal. And in 2009, uh, we sold our car, and we had a home away home business. We sold that. And I gave away my clothing business also, books business also, because I need a lot of money to train 432 churches. So uh, when I gave away my job, I got about 3,000 US dollars, with including all those things we trained. And then we saw 1,268 churches. Also, we could develop uh, pastors. Pastor, to get a pastor in the new churches is very hard because life transformations are very necessary. So it took time and after three years, we saw 50 pastors coming up. So I called uh, my mentors, they came and the, for the very first time they are, they are working on foundational, basic foundational course in my home, in my sitting room. And we, it took five days because they are working at the same time they are teaching. So it took five days and then I showed my resignation letter to my mentor. He got shocked. Hey, you gave away your job, you gave away your business, you gave everything. And so I said, what to do? It's already thousand plus churches. Uh, they need me more. I need to concentrate. I need to develop this. I need to make leadership development, all those things. That's what, and plus I don't have money. So all I have, that's what I'm going to give. So I gave away everything, zero. But my wife was working. I didn't tell her to leave our job because we also need to be uh, uh, self-cared. So uh, I told her not to quit the job, but I quit everything. And then uh, what I did is after doing this, 
saying to my mentor, my mentor, immediately he took the phone and he called up his pastor in home church. And then pastor decided to give some funds so that the continuity would be there to sustain the training and using it. So when I started getting it, all those things, funds, we saw about 4,800 churches. So we crossed 5,000 in 2010. And in 2010, people started asking me, what's next? You plan, if you, you decided 100, but it, you surpassed to 5,000, now, now what's next? And I was saying, if this is going on well, then I think I can go for 50,000 by 2020. Then they said, okay, and they prayed. And in 2012, we saw 64,000 churches. Then after that, it was very difficult to count. Then I heard about the story about Jeff saying fourth generation. So uh, we started casting vision for fourth gen, fourth gen, fourth gen. And we were doing it and we only counted fourth gen uh, wherever we go because counting was, we had a big trouble because in a, one of our room is occupied with full of papers and chart papers. My wife always says, when are you going to throw this? I said, only when the Lord returns, I used to say that it was something very tough for us. At that time, I didn't have even computer also, so I cannot record. So I was, somehow it was working, but uh, 2016, I got an invitation to come to U.S. So I was thinking that, hey, I'm a simple man. I don't know anything and how am I going to speak in global summit in, in, uh, uh, in US? US is, for us, is a big dream, you know? People everywhere in India, they dream to go to US and people think very highly about US. So super intellectual, super money, super power, everything I heard. I, I'm not, I'm very simple and I cannot, Talk, I was thinking, what I'm going to talk? What, what are you going to teach? So like that, I was having a lot of questions. And then um, I prayed and I slept. And after a few days, I got a, I got a dream. It says uh, uh, somebody was, a white guy from America was handing over a check of one million. And I got so happy. And I said, hey, I, I was showing the check to my wife. See, I got one million. I think in USA, one million, I'm going to get. That's why I got one, one million check. See how much we can plant churches, how much training we can do it. My wife was so happy and said, let me see the check. And she saw the check and it was written, one million house churches. So, and he said, hey, this is one million house churches you are going to have when you go to US. But uh, it's not one million US dollars. Then we got up and I started praying it. I think I need to cast vision that one million house churches by 2020 in USA. That's the message that God was giving. And when he has given, uh, definitely he will give because uh, always when we ask something, he, he has given us exceedingly, immeasurably, beyond what we have set goals. So, <clears throat> I prayed and started casting vision, um, one million house churches by 2020. <clears throat> so this is what uh, God has uh, led me. And we are 
very close, very close to one million house churches. And our house churches is not a big number, it's 10 to 15 people only we gather. Some areas, uh, the very difficult areas, we are started gathering five now because the challenge of 10 or 15 is becoming more in the eyesight of the devil, you know. So we, we reduced to five. But anyway, now God in 2018, I visited London and then I heard the voice that movement should give birth a movement. Yeah. So that really touched me and now I'm pursuing movement in neighboring countries and other countries. So right now, uh, 12 countries, we saw a movement started. So this is how God has been using it. And it's, it's great. So our maximum is like, we, we love the lost. First thing is we love the lost and we have more of prayer and fasting. And we do a lot of sacrifices, whatever we have, we sow the seed. And we have a maximum of perseverance. We wait, we watch. We know that the outcome is always a success. And our maximum is also, we believe in our visions. Whatever vision we get, we believe. Like Lord said, uh, 50, then we believed. So we got 50, 64 we got. When first vision was 300, God gave me 432. So we believe in our vision that God will accomplish. And third maximum we have is fatter. We call fatter because uh, uh, faithful, available, teachable, and reproducibles. Then if you ask for minimum, minimum is like mark four. 26 to 29, that's our minimum. You learn this, you will see a church. And not only a church, but reproducing churches. That is going to lead you a movement. Then we read X18, and that's, that's every time people used to carry in their mind X18, and for our personal, we use Ezekiel 47. Very powerful scriptures in the Old Testament that talks about four generations. It says ankle deep that we consider as the first generations. It will be the ankle deep. Then knee deep, that's the second generation. West level, third generation. Then swim, that's the fourth generation. You'll have to swim from one place to another place. You know, you'll have to swim. So that's the fourth generation. That's what in New Testament we see in Acts 1.8. And Paul did the same. Jesus did the same. And minimum, how it came into my mind is like, I saw a farmer sowing very little, but they harvest a lot. So I took the role of a farmer and I said, let's read the characters of farmers. So I work like a farmer. That's why I see a lot of harvest. If you don't become like a farmer, you will never see a harvest. We need to become a farmer. Farmer is a hardworking. Farmer live very simple life. Farmer, he always believe that he will have a harvest. That's why he sow the seed. He doesn't sow blindly. He knows that what harvest is going to harvest. So he has that faith. So plus he doesn't live very high standard. He wears simple clothes. 
he he doesn't have that big cars and everything he always hoped that if i harvest this i can live for a year so something like that uh, that's how the kingdom of god grows so if you become like an officer's type hierarchy type you will never see uh, the harvest the harvest is always you will be able to see if you become in mm, like a farmer so uh this is my story and since i already know how to share the gospel and i was doing it i love to share gospels and i love to see people coming to faith that's why even in this lockdown i had a struggle ah lord you cannot you cannot lock down your servants in the room like this i need i need to share so from mark 6 he taught me about 5000 people feeding it so i looked at the verse for an hour what are you going to teach me on this what are you teaching me on this then i saw two things in that bible jesus was feeding spiritual food at the same time he was feeding physical food so i took that one and uh verse and i told my wife we had a saving about 2000 we used that money for feeding the people and saying god jesus fed people because they are poor they don't have money so we are feeding it because we are ambassador of christ we follow christ but he also fed spiritual food would you like to hear they say yes so i shared so in 62 days of feeding and sharing we fed 106,300 hey brother um one thing um you you've met a, a brother named bill and yes. um bill and an, another friend of mine uh, bruce carlton used to say a word about holy discontent a holy discontent with the status quo you know and and you know hearing your story you know god gave you a vision 100 churches and um and you had a holy discontent and and i, I even remember you know you and i were down in christagiri years later you know after all of god's done and um and there's still this holy discontent with the status quo for you and, and it's not even south asia it's asia you know um you're thinking about every people, every place, you know, and this holy discontent to get to a million churches. So um, could you just share one, a little bit about yourself and this holy discontent that God's put in your heart, but also what's some of the things you've seen in some other brothers and sisters in Christ? Um, you know, either people in your network, some of the L4s and L5s, the 153 brothers and sisters in Christ, or you know other people you know but man i just sort of love to hear um because on a minimum level it starts out with hey my people need to hear this my oikos but there comes a day where you are brother of hey i'm i need to go reach the nations you know and, and you're not satisfied to all the nations here so anyhow love love to hear your thoughts on that man because um uh since you shared about Krishnagiri, like there's a leader name called Jesudas. 
He also came in a very poor family. He's very talented. He's good in singing also. He didn't have any idea about UUPGs. But when I shared about UUPGs, right, he was overwhelmed and he never realized Revelation 7, 9, and 10. I explained very nicely. And then I said, uh, we cannot be confined with only with our own people group. How are we going to reach other people group? So uh, it really touched his heart and then he began to share with other people group. And then he moved from one place to another place. Now, when he saw other people coming to faith, his vision also grew bigger and bigger, just like how the Lord made bigger vision as I was proceeding years by years. So the vision has started in him and then he also came down till Odisha. Uh, that is very far, it's about like 1,500 miles. So for me, I take it that uh, John 15, you know, John 15 is the key verse. Uh, I take out this John 15 as the key verse people. And also we take fruits. We discover trite fruits. What is fruits? Faithful. Number one is faithful. F for faithful fruits. We counted F for fruit, fruitful uh, or faithful. And U for utilizing the simple tools effectively. Then I is intentionally showing broadly. So what he does is he shows broadly. Sometimes he calls all the villages and he shows broadly and whoever accepts Christ, he writes the name and we see a lot of people grew. Even now in this lockdown, he was, he was feeding broadly, whole village, whole village. And we got 10 UUPG groups even in this lockdown. So like he he's kind of like for me i really love him because he scatters intentionally ah, no matter what let's let's scatter broadly and then he watch it and he gives he gets a lot of uupgs then t4 teaching others he's teaching even seven grade students nine years old ten years old he's he's giving, he's very young but even the older people, by seeing the fruits in him, even the older people were submissive to him and started learning it. Some are 50 years, some are 48 years. He's just 34 now. But, you know, Lord has been using it as like a Timothy, you know, reaching to the other people. So I'm, I'm very pleased with him and his vision is growing a lot. He has a heart to see 500 500 like him during his time. So I didn't tell him to have 500, but he has the big, I always said, hey, all our leaders have big visions, big visions, but start with small. Just like Jesus, he had a big vision, a massive vision to reach the whole world, but he started with 12. So who are your 12? So you, we may not become like Jesus. But who are your two? Left and right. Who is left and right? 
that you can take. Just like me, I have Dodo on my right, left on you, like Jesus does. So who, who is your left and right? Then they used to think, okay, how do we find, how do we find uh, left and right? So we, we take fat, fat and R. Faithful, who is doing field one and field two? They are called faithful. Then A for available. Learning from mentor. That's the time vision will take birth in him to do more. If you are not available, then vision is not going to take birth. I was doing field one and field two, but I was available for five days with my mentor. That's why vision came in to plan to plan more churches. Then teachable, teaching them to obey. You'll have to teach to obey. That is teach or training others to do the same thing. Then you see reproducible. When you, how do you know that he's reproducing? We know that whether he's releasing them with full empowering, giving away the kingdom is very important. So I will say that uh, they are like even Biju, it's very powerful. He, he also came at the age of 20, you know. And he, he is like, he can go anywhere if I want to send. He's ready. But sometimes for us, we are not prepared to send them out. Because sending some people from one place to another place, they'll have to quit the job. We'll have to find something that we can support to them. But we also have Samaru, who has one child, but he travels all over Assam. So something like that, like nearly we have trained more than 100,000 so far. But how many are actually doing it? It's 1,100 people who have started seeing 50 to 100 to 200 churches already. We, we train a lot. But how do we find? We only find by seeing how they are working. And we see. And the, another thing is the character change. As they move from one place to another place, as they start doing church planting, I've seen a lot of people character change. And by seeing that character change, now many organizations, they started calling us to train their people also. And we got a lot of opportunity by seeing this, this people, one fellow was being uh, obstructed not to give baptisms because there is a control by an organization in that area. Some people, they said, this is my area go to another area like but he was winning more souls and when it came to baptism the organization takes over to give baptism later they realized that they need to train so when i train now something different happened now he's also baptizing organization is baptizing on their own so i talked about did you disciple if you have not disciple you are not you don't have any authority to baptize so something like that, you know, step by step, we were training them. 
And I always teach, once they start a church, then I teach five levels of leadership. Because I need to, I want them to know where the spirit is going to lead. Mm. I, I take the devotion on Ezekiel 47 mm. every time. Mm. Hey, brother, um, could you share a little bit? I know you have a particular pattern or of a way you develop character and integrity with your leaders. Could you just share a little bit about um what you do to develop their character integrity. What, what does that look like? Cause that's sort of a, a field five activity and you're very good at it. You've been doing it for many, many years. So what are some of the things you're doing that sort of take them from that, that minimum, the very beginning to where they're maturing, they're becoming, you know, shoulder height with you or, you know, and they're growing to that ear height with you. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? The first thing is, I walk along with them. And I do the training, but most of it, 75%, I tell them to do it. This is specifically for L4 leaders. I'm very cautious also. I don't want our leaders to do mistake. If I commit one mistake, that will, that will reproduce more mistake. So I want something to do in a right way. So I'm always standing behind, watching them doing it. Many, many days, even the short-term team, when they come, I do the same thing. First, they learn from me in my house, but on the field, I watch them doing it, and I used to correct. Sometimes my correction is hard because I love the kingdom growth. I want to see job done. That's why I'm hard. But Compassion is on one side. When it comes to teaching and teaching the people, I'm a little bit hard. Now, uh, so I mostly I sleep with them, I eat with them, I work with them. Uh, more of compassion and character is developed when I stayed with them. I prayed with them. Then I take the devotions along with them. So the devotion is like, uh, I tell them to take uh, every day, one chapter from Proverbs. I love Proverbs because in one month you can finish the Proverbs. If you know the Proverbs, your whole character will change. Just follow the Proverbs. It has got for a complete month and then again reread next month reread so i always tell them read one chapter from proverbs and one chapter from the new testament start with john so that you will know because most of our master trainers they came from the different religion background that's why i want them to know about jesus very well and then after finishing the proverbs they can jump into acts so that's the time generally they are on multiplications. So we study one chapter of Acts and one chapter from any books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So this has been, they are doing it. And actually I did not change any of the characters. They studied by themselves. They used the, uh, the sword Bible study method. What we learn about God, what we learn about man. Is there a scene or example to avoid? Or 
is there a command to obey? This is the basic, very simple, and they discover by themselves, and the Spirit of God is changing their hearts. Is, is the Word of God changing their hearts? And the other thing is, from my side, is just the compassion. I encourage every time, even if they do a mistake, I said, hey, good job, but you need to do this. You tried your best. I never discourage people. I always said, hey, you did a good job. Many people, they question me. Even if we do wrong, you always say good. Why? Because you try, you obey. Anybody who obey, I will say good. Ah, we might make faith, but we do. Peter, obey. Yes, I will walk with you. Jesus said, command. Jesus command. yes, come. He obeyed. He failed. But Jesus was there to lift him up. What an encouragement. Same thing. We need to lift our every people. They will do mistake. But if you don't do mistake, you will not learn the lessons. That's why I like to do more mistakes so that I will learn many lessons. Amen. So my, my guys, they do mistake, but they learn lesson and that lessons becomes an experience in our life. So that where, even if I'm not there, our guys, the leaders will say, hey, this is what will happen. They need to understand with an experience. Hey, brother. Um, you know, one of the other things I know um, you're passionate about and it, it challenges me. Um, is your vision to reach every people, every place by 2025. And, um, you know, one, one of the things that's very different now, when I started back a long time ago, 1998, 97, the three, four movements we were looking at tended to be Anglo missionaries from the West. Um, today, man, there's many, many movements, and we're looking in the rearview mirror. But, man, they're African, they're Middle Eastern, they're Asian. So most of the movement leaders actually don't look like me, a big, fat, white guy um, from the West. Um, they, they look like brothers and sisters like you. And God's using you in an amazing way. You know, not only I've seen your impact in Africa, I've seen your impact in the Middle East and Asia, let alone South Asia. Um, as you... You know, I know you have a, a big passion to get to every people, every place by 2025. Um, what would you share with um, No Place Left? Whether they're from India, whether they're from Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, Africa, Middle East, Europe, what, what would you challenge them to do? Um, Again, because the, the leaders of the movements aren't guys like me. They're brothers and sisters like you. And God's using you in an amazing way. And I've, I've watched that. So um, you have a – God's used you in an amazing way. There's an incredible track record. So what, what would you speak to the people in No Place Left? Well, for me – I will say that whatever you do, keep doing it. That's all is going to finish the rest. Never stop. I was just doing it. Sometimes there came a point 
in 2010, when I had nothing, I realized, should I give up? But my wife said, no, you are doing good. Just keep going. Sometimes we are blind how we are going, but the spirit is never blind. So opportunity will come by itself. When I started dreaming, that movement should take birth in next country. Immediately, I got an email about 10 days later that one of my guy, he went to Thailand, became a missionary. He wrote a letter to IMB and they directed to me because I am from the same community and I know the language of that person. So I was given the privilege. That's how I make my passport. The first passport I made got expired. And I never made passport because I never realized that I will go out. But I got, I made passport in 2014. And then I went, I was given my flight ticket, everything, I went and trained. And now what was the outcome, you know? The whole of Asia, there is called a team organizations. The whole of Asia heard what is kingdom of God means, what a house church means. And they all started churches. I'm not big way, but at least 510, 510, even in, the communist countries all started. So I'm still coaching them. Even Bangladesh started. So I never thought that this will go in a big way. That's why I said Asia, no place left. And when people heard from Cambodia, Vietnam, people started calling me. If you don't, if you don't do the work in Jerusalem, don't expect end of the earth. So no place left does not mean only Jerusalem. No place left means end of the earth, the whole world. So I will, it's my request to NPL guys. Work hard, keep doing it, never give up. Aim big, big things and expect you're going out. Expect you are going out of the country. If you don't expect, means you don't have a heart for other people group. For me, I'm ready to travel any parts of the world because every part has got different people group. Let's, let's carry the heart of Jesus, not only the message of Jesus. Many NPL guys are carrying the message, good. But are you carrying the heart of Jesus? If you're not carrying the heart of Jesus, you will be miserably fake. Let's carry one hand message and one hand heart of Jesus and walk in this world. We will see no place left. Amen. Hey, brother, one, one more question. Um... Um, I usually ask about the outsider versus insider. 
um, you know, what would you communicate to the outsiders, brothers like me, you know, how do you, how do you help us? But I feel like you're a leader of leaders. You're, you're leading Asian brothers. You're leading African brothers. You're leading, you're an example, you're a model. And so I'd really, man, I'd love to hear you just speak. What would you tell our African brothers? What would you tell our Middle Eastern brothers? You know, I, I got a wonderful brother who's from Iraq and he's multiplying and um, he feels alone. Uh, he's persecuted. He has a hard time. Um, and then Asia, you know, cause it's one thing if I come in and say something, but it's a whole another thing when a brother from Asia says something who's standing on what God's been doing. You've been at this 16, 18 years. Yes. Plus the 10 years before that, you know, so what, what would you say um, to those brothers and sisters in Christ? A little different question, but I, I feel like you are the man um, that has the experience to say that. The first thing is, I don't like the word called outsider, insider, to be very frank. We are all brothers and sisters in Christ. I would rather use the word local and non-local. I don't consider American brother outsider or insider. But what is local and non-local? Local means the people of that regions. They have the ownership. So when you come with the tools and your experience, let the local have the ownership of doing it. So Are you hearing it? Yep. Yeah, I'm good. That's good. So, so then, local ownership is should be there. So strategy when it comes for strategy also because a lot of foreigners they bring their strategy, but I said the local should have run the strategy. Local should develop the strategies. So I would say outsiders. When we say outsiders, many people think Americans. Now, outsider means, that's why I use the word non-local. Because I'm also a non-local to some other people. In your term, we say outsiders. I can be insider. But whereas I'm an Indian, as long as I say I'm Indians, I go everywhere. So, non-locals, when they come, They'll have to mingle with locals, adapt, become like a locals. Why did Jesus say, don't take back, don't take sandals? Because Jesus wants them to feel like a local. A local should feel that they are local. If you wear shooted, booted, good clothes and walking in the village, definitely you're giving a signal saying that you are an outsider. Let the outsiders, when they come to some areas, you need to transform. The best transformation is to attract the people is if you speak one or two words. Like India, we say namaste. How are you? We feel good. The culturally, we, we accept you more than what you have been telling us. Because we feel the insider feel that you love us, you want to adapt us, you care for us, 
So you are trying to learn even our language. We feel very good and we get more intent, more, we give more attention to what you have been saying. And since you are practitioners in your own area, what happened is you bring the wealth of an experience. Don't come without experience. Every outsider must experience in your own local areas. Bring, come with an, in, uh, with an wealth of experience. Because your message without testimony is going to be waste. You'll produce no fruits. Today, I have a testimony. I go everywhere and I challenge them. If you don't believe, come to my house and see. Many, many people came to my house. They saw what is happening. They learned from me. They went back to another country and they became a missionaries. They're doing the same. So any outsiders, if you're coming, the first thing is, I will tell you, bring the message. At the same time, bring the heart of Jesus. Jesus was always cross relevance, you know. He had a cross culture work so many times. So, and any parts, if you go, you will look different. Outsider will always look different. So we should be different in our approach. We should be different in our learnings. We should be different in compassions. We should be different in giving everything that we can do. There are many missionaries in the past. They gave away everything. They gave even their life. Look at the disciples. They gave their life. Now we are not demanding your life again. We are demanding your compassions, your experience, your, your intellectuals to come and then mingle with locals, encourage the locals and do it. But if you bring your strategy, you will be working only with strategy, not the heart of Jesus. There are many people, they bring, ah, I want to plant thousand churches in this locality. And they, you go and you will push them with your strategy, with your target, with your goal, but you will miss the spirit of God. We want the Spirit of God to work in every person's life. We are instrument. So as an outsider, I will always encourage. I know the outsiders, when they come, they come with great sacrifice. They sacrifice with their comfort. They sacrifice even their food. And they come and eat our food. They come with... Not, they live in a non-comfort. But don't expect the comfort that you have in your own room. Even for myself. In my house, I'm, I'm very comfortable. But I never think about this comfort on the field. Because we need to become like one of them. If you don't become like one of them, like an out insider, it's difficult to reach. See, I became like one of them. That's why I speak 13 language. I didn't, I didn't learn from tutor 
or in school. <laughs> I learned by living with them. Mm. I know many languages I can understand because if you know four or five languages, you can understand many languages, even though you cannot speak. Mm. Mm. So when I speak one or two words in their language, they feel very happy. Mm. So now, when I go to Kerala, they think I'm a Keralite. <laughs> when I go to Karnataka, they think I'm Karnataka, Canada. Wherever I go, they feel that I belong to there. That means what? I became a people's person, mm. community persons. Mm. So if you don't become community person or persons of persons, then our work mm. will work, but mm. not like amazing way. Yeah. Hey, bro hey brother, one, um, one thing you said, um, I was talking to Bill Smith last week and he was saying every time he meets somebody, he just, he just prays and asks, Holy Spirit, what should I say? What question should I ask? What should I do right now? And, um, you know, and, and Bill shared that with me before. And, um, but I was thinking back to Krishnagiri, and um, I don't know if you remember the day. I have a lot of experience with oral people, you know, but that particular group that day, we were training, and you were there, Mike I was there, I was there, John was there, and oh my goodness, very, very illiterate and um, very challenging. But I remember you sitting in the back just praying. And you are praying and asking the Holy Spirit what to do. Now, I won't share what you did, but I think, you know, God used it in an amazing way. But what, what, is, um, what is the role of the Spirit in your life? And what is the role of the Holy Spirit in um, these emerging leaders that you have? Because I've seen that in you. Um, um, and I think it's very evident from the very beginning of when you began ministry, but even all the way to Krishnagiri, when we were perplexed what to do. And, um, you know, and I'm like a experienced guy and I was going, I have no idea what to do, but I remember you just praying, asking the Holy Spirit what to do. You're, you're laughing because you remember we candy solved the problem. <laughs> well, we had a three days training among this people group and they were wild they, because they are wild because they live in a wild areas they hunt wild animals they live with wild animals they eat with wild animals they love even those groups when i go now they kill fox they are hunters and we brought them in and nobody wants to associate with this group. One of the oils, I don't want to say it's the worst group, but it is the toughest group. They will never listen. So these are the people we brought in a room and locked and we were doing it at training. What happened? I saw my own mentor, which is you, Jeff. My own mentor is struggling to teach because when you are teaching in one side, five, six people are fighting on, this, on the room. Some are pulling ears. Some are using their mobile and listening to the song. Some are running here and there. So I was like, 
It didn't happen one time, but all these three days, we are teaching so hard, but they are not listening at all. So that's why I had to go back and sit alone. And I was praying hard, Lord, how do I train these people? How can we make these people learn and see them doing church planting? We are helpless. All our talent gone. All our teaching is going to be over in next couple of hours. We just have three, four hours. What's next? They didn't learn a lot. People have come from US. I came from Northeast. We spend so much of money, so much of food, everything. Are we going to lose this battleground? I may lose, Lord, but you may not lose. It is your creation. You help us to teach. I was praying hard. In fact, I had tears in my heart at that time. Because I don't like to see you guys struggling like anything. While you are teaching, the other outsider used to go and catch and bring and make them sit in the front bench. All these struggles I saw. Then Lord Care gave me an idea. Let's do this competition type. So that's why I had to stop you guys, all of you. Stop. This is what I'm going to do. I draw the board. I said female here, male here. And whoever, who it should be silent. If male, any single person make noise, minus mark. If any people answers, plus five. So I brought that competition stand. I don't know. Jesus ministered to me to do that. So we did that one. And anybody who answers, we gave candy. They were happy because they are started candying. So they started giving more attention to learn because they love to have candies. They love candies. So we started giving candies to those who answered. So many people participated. And they were happy. They learned. Today, because of the hard teaching, we saw more than 500 house churches. Mm. But the more, these are UUPG, no church. Mm -hmm. But today we have more than 500 churches. We saw two guys who have started fourth generation. Not only that, these UUPG groups have reached my community, my people groups. They were selling bangles. One guy in that, in, we call Thelayer, cart pull cart. As he was going in a village, what happened? A man was lying down. He asked whether you like to take bangles for your wife. He said, now what I will buy? I'm going dying. Then he said, what makes you say that you are dying? He said, doctor rejected me and he told me I don't have life. I cannot walk. So I'm here for more than a week. He don't have any tools. He learned. He said, my Jesus can heal you. 
Should I pray for you now? He said, okay. He prayed and he gave the number and said, call me again if you need more prayers. He went back. Next day, he called. That man called. And they said, you need to come again. I want to know more about Jesus Christ. He was happy. He went, he shared the whole family. And he asked, what did you make to call me again? He said, after your prayers, I didn't feel anything. But today morning, some of my leg, I could remove, move from my position to another position. I think God never did in one week. So that God is giving me strength. Then he prayed again. He said, now if, if you felt that strength, why didn't you walk? Walk. And he gave one step, one step, one step and started walking. The whole family came to faith. And that's our Pillai, my community. I tried my best so many times. But nobody except Christ. But this people group accepted. So what I'm saying is, I also used to read, you know, David wants to build a temple. Even God wants to build a temple. But God chose Solomon to do it, you know. Same way, I want to reach my own people group. God also wants to reach my own people group. But see how it went. We struggle a lot for Vetagaran to train. But Vetagaran has reached to my people group. So Vetagarans are chosen group. They are holy tribe. So we don't know who. We should have the attitude that all people group gaps will hear the gospel. We struggle. There no struggles can happen a movement. No movement, you will hear them saying that we didn't have struggles. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe. I wouldn't believe if movement leader says that they never had struggles, difficulties, challenges. Mm -hmm. These three things are expected. Mm -hmm. Difficulties, challenges, struggles mm -hmm. are expected in the movement. Yeah. yeah. Well, brother, I appreciate you answering that. I, I remember that day sitting there going oh my goodness my boss is here uh, mike my friend is here john and then one of the greatest movement leaders in history is here the kumar and i feel like i'm i've been trained very well in orality by um some jim slack and mm. Avery willis and i felt like i was trained very well and i was like oh my goodness what do we do and I just remember you watching you sitting in the back praying. I was like, what the heck is Kumar doing? Come on. Hey, brother, come on. Let's help us. And it was so difficult. But I, it also reminds me today, we're in one of the most difficult situations ever in our generation, the COVID virus. And I, and I know you've spoken to that, but um, – I, I would love to hear your heart. You know, where I live in North Carolina right now, I hoped, I wished I was in Greece. If I'd have stayed in India, I wouldn't have seen my wife for five months. Uh, so I came home to be with my wife, but now I'm not in my home in Greece. But in North Carolina, I'm watching the trees. There's <coughs> flowers are coming. 
snakes are everywhere. I'm so tired of snakes. It's just been one after another. But they're cutting the fields. They're making the hay. So the snakes are coming. The blueberries are coming. The blackberries uh, are blooming. The um, mulberries are coming. And we're shifting from what we call spring to the summer. And it's beginning to begin warm. Not, not like uh, South Asia warm, but warm. But Jesus said, recognize the season. And so God's really put it in my heart to go, what is this season? And, you know, brother, I've been watching you with what you've been doing and your team's been doing all over South Asia. And God's using you in a mighty way um, with the COVID virus. And you're reaching many needs and you're reaching many people. And God's moving in an unprecedented way. And I think he's going to move across the globe in an unprecedented way. But what would you, what would you tell No Place Left? about the season what would you challenge them to do to um and be bold you know we're you know just just uh don't worry you know the the us westerners we really don't know anything because we we're very few of the movement leaders you guys are the key leaders so be bold and because you know i got a lot of trust in what the spirit speaks to you um so love to hear what your thoughts are of this new season Maybe a season we've never been in before in the history of Christendom we're moving into right now. <clears throat> Lockdown, I personally feel it's a blessing. We cried in January, 30 days prayer and fasting to fill the gaps. But I don't know how many MPL guys you believed in your prayer and your inner fasting. Did you believe in what you have said? For me, I believed. And one of the most unrich people group are the people who are working behind the scene, like working in godowns, working in restaurants. Nobody is going to allow us to go and share the gospel. That is the situation. And I was 30 days fasting to see a gap where I can do field one, field two and form a church. I was praying. So God gave me lockdown. And I saw all these people who were behind the scene are on the street now. So I got a portion and now they are on more than two millions on the street. More UUPG are on the street. Workers are on the street. Laborers are on the street. It was a purpose why a government cannot feed all of them. They can. But why they didn't feed? Could able to feed them? It's a God strategy. So that people like us who have prayed will have the opportunity to share. So we got the opportunity. Many people ask, how are you in this lockdown? I say, super fantastic. I loved it because my prayer of fasting for one month has answered. All these UUPG on the streets, unrich peoples are on the streets. We did. You wouldn't believe. 31,000 people believed who said yes to Jesus in this lockdown. And we are trying 50,000 K. 
50,000 in this lockdown. Never happened in history, in my life, sorry. Never happened in my life. I said 10% we used to see, but here I'm getting it less than 30%. Now, this is the story. And, but every areas, there will be a different story that God will use you. Think about who are the people suffering in this situation. The suffering has come so that NPL guys can share the gospel. If you are in US, look at the news, look at the people who are suffering now. Because the compassion will go now. The compassion ministry is going to work like it is not about training now. Training will produce a trainer. But compassion will draw people to Christ. Take the compassion heart. Move to the homeless people. Move to the people. Now we have seen like US around 25 to 27% jobless. Why didn't you go and minister and say God can use you. He will give you a greater job. To go to some other areas and preach the gospel. That is also a job. We are taking a big business. One of the greatest business in this world is ministering to the people. It's the greatest business, you know. That's the gospel business. So I will say that <clears throat> what we have been doing it, we are doing great. But I think we have done more trainings, but less field one and field two. So God locked down completely. I will say that this is one of the greatest miracle in history. Locking down every country of the world. Made it silent. No work. Be home. So how are you going to use this? Huh? I will say uh, one NPL achievement is NPL Summit. You know, last time NPL Summit, how much it cost? But this NPL summit is zero cost. I used to tell people, work on zero cost or no cost. This is the first time NPL summit, a big summit happened without zero budget. Everybody contributed their Wi-Fi money only. All day. So, I think God has done a greater work allowing coronavirus to spread all over the world. And coronavirus is nothing. It is just a bridge to make people aware of staying home, listening to the word of God. Many people have fasted like never before in this lockdown because they were, became afraid of coronavirus. Never, nobody has ever read the Bible like before. You know, they read so much of Bible, they prayed so much, so much of fasting, so much of focus, so much of fellowship, so much of uh, Zoom meeting. This all happened like never before because of this lockdown. For me, I feel like we should increase the lockdown more. And I'm blessed. Yeah, my, my government increases every... 14 days, every 14 days. From March, we are getting <laughs> the more lockdown, more people will need 
kneel down before the Lord, you know. So I'm happy. Anyway, so NPL guys, think for a moment. This is what I prayed, and you can do the same. In this lockdown, how thy, thy servant can work. Ask the Lord. And believe. Believe that work can accomplish. If you ask God, God will give you the ideas. Mm. God will give us. I never received funds like before. Mm. It's all more. Mm. Before, funds were stopped, straight, stingy, everything is it. But today, when I brought the compassion to the world, mm. the move, I did not worry. Everything was supplied. Mm. One side, the funds were controlled and was not released to me. But the factory owner was so happy. He gave me on credit because he had trust on me. So I, I started taking credit. My wife said, you're taking so much of credit. If the fund doesn't come, what will happen? <laughs> I said, no. We are doing God's ministry all these years for the past 15, 16 years. Did we lack anything? Mm. We will not lack anything. If not, we will sell our house. Mm. We sold many things. It's okay. But we will do it. So I boldly took the credit. Mm. And that's why more than 30,000 people have said yes to Jesus. Mm. We have 80 house churches also now. In this lockdown, 80 house churches. Mm. 10 UUPG, mm. whom we have never shared. They heard the gospel for the very first time. Mm. So I'm super, super happy. Mm. So I will request all the NPL guys, do whatever, whether from internet you want to do it, do it. See, God will give you then ideas. Mm. Talk with people. Talk with people. Good. Thank you, brother. Um, Peter, I, you might have some questions. My, my sort of last question would just be, how can we pray for you? And um, uh, just, just so folks out in NPL know how to pray. And there's, there's incredible needs out there. Um, there. There continues to be a lockdown. And so how can we give? How can we help? Um, I don't normally do that, but I feel like it, this is an unprecedented moment in history. So just tell us a couple of ways to pray and, man, how we can be um, supporting your work. Well, the first thing is you pray for my help in spite of my frozen shoulder. Uh, I had many sleepless nights because while sleeping, because of pain, I used to wake up. So it's hard. I have a diabetes also for the past 13 years, you know. So when church multiplied, I got diabetes. So, so it's going on. So it's not about a curse, but it's a challenge. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm happy and I know I have a feeling that my God is well pleased on me. Mm. 
but i just ask lord until i see all gaps reach all people groups reach use thy servants so that i'll be more happy to be with you so pray that i will see all people group reach and also pray that in this lockdown i want to see i just gave a target goal 50k who will say yes to jesus and the most important prayer is pray for all the church planters who have taken the bold step to go out of the home and feed the people they are wearing gloves mask and carrying hand sanitizer only but that does not give 100% secure but so far i know many people are praying that's why jesus has taken care of them and nobody has affected so far all our church planters nobody god's given but i still need more prayers okay because if one church planter gets affected all the churches will stop feeding because they'll have the fear but this thing is not happening it and i always pray lord not even a single person should be affected because one effect is everybody will stop because they look at each others they have a relationship with each others every church planters they communicate one another so one church planter i, I could do this means every i will also do it because he has done it so i will also do it it's not about competition but in south asia everybody looks somebody's model everybody looks at somebody experience we are like a thomas you know thomas belief i used to say unless you see the mark on your hand he said i won't believe same way whole india we want to to see something mark in somebody's life that's why i used to tell sometimes maybe disciple came to south asia maybe because of that reason <laughs> anyway so coming back my first priority will be prayer for all the church planters who are going out and sharing to a people who don't have even a mass who live in a messy places they are more vulnerable for the affection these are the people they are going and giving up this is pray for us so we have to lay hands over them we are praying we are sharing the gospel they don't know anything about social distancing so they come and grab our food sometimes such is challenges so pray for our church planters safety next pray that people will not affect so much third pray for my health and my family